there came a man who was sent from God, speaking of John the Baptist. And look what it says here. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. Look what it says here. He himself is not the light. He only came to bear witness of the light. The true light that gives light to every man is still on his way. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Center or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. Today's message, I've just titled it very simply, The Star of Christmas. And the star is not that, that massive presentation that was in the sky. Comet, alignment, it doesn't make a difference, folks. The star of Christmas is Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11, look what the scripture says. And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem and Judea, during King Herod's time, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who is born King of the Jews? And look at this next line. For we saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. Why did they see the star? Why do you come to church? Why do we live for God? Rain, good to see you. Because we know there's something more going on than what's going on. We saw his star. Whose star? Messiah's star. They were looking for him. They knew something was happening. Now look at King Herod. The picture of religiosity, hypocritical piety. When he heard about this, he was disturbed. And I want you to look at this next phrase and all of Jerusalem beside him. Think about it. When you know God is showing up, and you ain't standing up, you're getting a little nervous. All of Jerusalem was concerned. They knew something was happening, but because they weren't looking for him, they were concerned about him. And then look, once again, in the epitome of hypocrisy, when Herod called together 
all the chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is Messiah to be born? And you know the priest and the teachers of the law, they all knew the prophecy. 700 years early in the book of Micah, chapter 5, the prophecy was given. Messiah is to be born in Bethlehem. The prophecy being fulfilled. And it says, out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Now I want you to notice here, I want you to notice here this very next line. Underline it, Herod called the Magi secretly. Remember I talked about people not paying attention, people being ignorant? Simply means they're ignoring. He called them secretly. If I'm going to be busted, I don't want to be busted publicly, I want to be doing it privately. See, the Bible says that when Jesus shows up, it's going to be a very public event. Matter of fact, the whole world is going to know. It's interesting, 2,000 years ago, the whole world knew. The whole world just didn't want to pay attention. And then he found out the exact time that the star appeared. Now, once again, we can get into all kinds of uh, deliberation of the time of the event. But my focus this Christmas season is there was an event. We can argue about the time. I focus on the event. Can somebody say amen? amen? So he sent them to Bethlehem. He met with them secretly. He said, you know, I want to know what's happening. I want to know what's coming down. I want to deal with this thing. And then he sent them to Bethlehem to go find him. Go search diligently for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me that I can worship him. We all know the story that that wasn't what Herod wanted to do. Herod wanted to get rid of him because he didn't want to lose his kingdom. There's too many people in our lives when God starts showing up, we want to get rid of him because we know it's going to cost us something. And there's some of us that don't want to pay that price. Am I making any sense today? After they heard from the king, they went their way, and the star they had seen when it rose and went ahead of them, they rejoiced until it stopped over the place where the baby lay. When they saw the star, you notice how there, there, there's three times in here that their focus was the objective? They said, I'm not going to be ignorant. I'm not going to be unlearned. I'm going to be purposeful and decisive. I know whom I believe. They saw the star. They were overjoyed coming to the house. They saw the child, his mother, and they bowed down to worship him, presenting him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Can, can I tell you something? The star of Christmas, we saw it represented in a, in a beautiful uh, uh, star once again, whether it was a comet, whether it was a planet, a line, whatever the case is, there was a meaning of Christmas about to be uncovered. A guiding light that God said, I'm going to give for all the world to see. Everyone that was looking. A couple weeks ago, we started talking about 
some very spiritual depth of insight, and I brought Charlie Brown into it. I get a lot of my inspiration from Charlie Brown. Some of you don't have to agree, but others will leave here and say, yes, he does. Charlie Brown, 1962, wanted to know what is Christmas really all about. CBS tried to squash the whole gospel part of it. And Charles Schultz said, ain't happening. You want me to do a message about Christmas? This is Christmas. I wonder if we could visit Charlie Brown and see what it might have been like. I guess you were right, Linus. I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Linus is right. I won't let all this commercialism ruin my Christmas. I'll take this little tree home and decorate it, and I'll show them it really will work in our play. commercial dog is not going to ruin my Christmas. I've killed it. Oh, everything I catch gets ruined. such a bad little tree. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. <laughs> I get... Uh, that's it. It started, to loop, it started to loop back. You know, there's a couple things that I want you to notice. This is the only time in all of your Charlie Brown presentations that Linus 
dropped his blanket. Did you notice when he first did it was when he was saying about the Christmas story. And he said the words, fear not. He dropped his blanket. The second time was when he wrapped the blanket and he said, all it needs is a little love. We don't have to fear because of God's love. God's love is the security that breaks all bondage and breaks all fear and breaks all infractions that would try to separate us. I think the picture that Charles Schultz was trying to depict in this Charlie Brown Christmas was you don't have to look every place else. You just have to look to the star of Christmas. Charlie Brown said, I'm not going to let this commercial dog ruin my Christmas. And then he immediately had to have the love of God to wrap him up, to build him up. And as the story goes on, it's funny, I've had a couple people that have told me since last Sunday they went out and watched a Charlie Brown Christmas. They hadn't watched it in forever. So the rest of you are going to go home today and watch it, aren't you? I, I want to just take you for a few moments, and I want to look at the star of Christmas today. Stars, as we knew of the Magi, have been long used to help travelers. Today, in the society that we live, we still use stars. Oh, they're in the form of lighthouses, or runway lights, or traffic lights. You know what? Every representation of that is a place to guide, direct, or to keep from danger. Yet, though these instruments are lit, people still have accidents. Boats still hit the rocks that are, that are supposed to be guiding around them. Cars still run through traffic lights that are supposed to be directing them. Airplanes still miss runway lights. I wonder, for purpose of today's message, is it that they can't see, don't see, or like many that I run into, they won't see? You see, the world is in danger today. Many can see the light and still abide in darkness. Why? Because of the whole concept of ignorance. And Scripture declares that you and I are sojourners, we're visitors, we're pilgrims. We are living on this earth in a relatively short amount of time. And we are in danger of seeing the light, but still missing eternity's destination. Matthew chapter 7, the only sermon Jesus ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 7. He he lays out all the blessings and all the promises. And then he lays out, don't worry about this world. But I find it interesting how he ends his sermon in Matthew chapter 7. Now I'm just going to break it down real quick because we love Matthew chapter 7 verse 1. Everyone in this room, I guarantee, has quoted it one time or another when we're playing Herod. Judge not lest you be judged. Look at somebody and say, I didn't know you were Herod. 
Because that's the epitome of religious hypocrisy. When the Word of God is very clear, Christians are supposed to be fruit inspectors. If a light looks dark and is supposed to be bright, aren't you and I supposed to help that person? Yet we hear, judge not. And we find that in Matthew chapter 7. But you know what the passage talks about literally? He says, don't be critical, just be wise. In other words, critique you and I have been called to do. And then he goes on and tells us, don't just hear the word, do the word. And we find that starting with the seventh verse. Ask God, what do you want me to do, God? What do you, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to live this life? And then starting with verse 12, he said, the reality, there's only one foundation. But be careful what you build on that foundation. There's one way, God's way. And then he gives us the recipe of building that as he concludes Matthew 7. He said, build your house on the rock. Because the storms will come. The struggles will come. The difficulties will come. But you won't fall. See, that's the entire picture of Matthew chapter 7 in miniature. But I find it interesting that right in the middle of chapter 7 of Matthew, when God is telling us that there is only one way, there's God's way, he does it by saying this way, broad is the gate and the road that leads to destruction, and many there be that find it. But narrow is the gate and the way that leads to life, and only few find it. You know what it says? It says you better be looking where you're going or you're going to fall off in the ditch. You better be purposefully paying attention. You better not be ignorant. The light is shining. The star is shining. But you might see the light and still wind up in darkness because you choose not to heed the light. There's a star shining. And that star is not in the sky anymore. It's in every heart that will call out to him. I think it's interesting that also in the middle of this, as he said, broad is the way, and many find it, narrows the way, and few that find it. The 15th verse says, beware of false prophets. Look on the outside to be good. But inside, they're ravenous wolves, and you know them by their fruit. Why is God putting all of that so clearly in Matthew 7? Because in the day and hour we live, if we're not paying attention, we can see the light and still wind up like Herod. I don't want it. Matter of fact, I'll deal with it privately. How many Christians today say, my religion is private? My relationship is private. The only problem I have is my Bible doesn't teach that. My Bible says that your Christian relationship has to be public. That, that's what it tells us. He said, he said a, 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 a light isn't set under a basket. 
It's set up on the hillside for everyone to see. And that's our life. Matter of fact, Jesus goes into another place and says, if you will not acknowledge me before man, I will not acknowledge you before my Father which is in heaven. You see, the Bible says that there was a star that shined 2,000 years ago only pointing to the real star of Christmas, light that was coming into the world. John 3, 16, very familiar passage of Scripture. For God so loved the world. Come on, say it with me. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But the story doesn't end there. It goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved But the story doesn't stop there. It says that whoever believes in him is not condemned. Praise God. I believe. I believe. But it doesn't stop there. But whoever does not believe. That word believe is an interesting word. It's not a passive word. It's an active word. It means to cling to, trust in, and rely upon. It's not passive by any means. It's very active. It is a verb when you look it up in the original language. He who does not believe, who does not trust in, uh, 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 yield to, and rely upon, stands condemned already. Why? Because they have not believed. It's not just a seeding that God is who he said he is. It is a yielding of life. Because we have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And this is the reason. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light. Am I making any sense? Why? Why did Herod want to meet privately? God was coming very publicly. His deeds were evil. You know why people stop going to church? They get mad at somebody. He offends me. He doesn't, but I'm just using him for an example. I'm offended. (laughs) I should let him say it, then I won't have to. (laughs) Somebody said... When you get offended, build a bridge. Well, that was very secretively said. How does it sound publicly? Build a bridge and... Why? You can see the light, but you're sucked into darkness. Because now bitterness gets a hold of us. And I stopped going to church. Bless God, all the churches are filled with a bunch of hypocrites. You're right. Come join us. We need another one. You see, folks, we all make mistakes. We all fall short of God's glory. But thank God it's His glory and not ours. Can somebody say amen? 
This is the verdict. Light is coming to the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. You know why I stopped coming to church? Because I don't want to deal with my deeds. I don't want to deal with my life. I don't want to deal. Now, folks, don't get me wrong. There's valid reasons. I got pastor friends that don't go to church anymore. I'm thinking, why? My Bible says go to church. Now, 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 I'm going to get in trouble here. Yeah, it won't be the last time either. Look at it says here. I have to deal with my life. And God brings me into church to help me deal with my life. You say, well, how does that work? I'm glad you asked. Come here, Mr. David. Stand up, would you? You know what my Bible says? Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. You see this? The Bible says this is what happens when you get into church. You know what he is? God calls him iron. And you know what I am? God calls me iron. And you know what the Bible says? Iron sharpens iron. But you might say, well, what if I don't like him? Then God can still sharpen my iron. You know why? He's teaching me how to humble myself. That I can build this relationship back. You see, look, look, look at that, David, with me, with me. We won't come into the light because we're afraid of our deeds. You know what's going to happen? Is if I start showing up, somebody might think, well, you know what, Tim? Maybe it's not David. Maybe it's you. See, we always love to point that one finger, forgetting those three that are pointing back. Now, don't get quiet on me, folks. This is ugly, not stupid, okay? I know what I'm talking about because I am one. I know you are. What am I? <laughs> but that's what happens. God wants us to deal with our life. The light is shining and said, David, maybe it's not everybody. Maybe it's you. Thank you. But whoever lives by the truth, what's he do? He has to come to the light so that it may be plainly seen what? That God's the one doing it, not us. Man, that's good preaching. I'm glad I came today. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what he has done has been done through God. Matthew records the first coming. It's called the incarnation. We see it recorded in Galatians chapter 4 when the Bible says the fullness of time had come. Pastor, what the heck does the fullness of time? At the foundation of the world, God set the time that Jesus was going to come into the world to be crucified. He was crucified from the foundation of the world. We find that in Revelation. Okay, From the foundation, we also find it in Hebrews. We find it that he was crucified from the foundation of the world. But in the fullness of time, God brought Jesus into the world to show us the life that we were to live. So that God 
could on earth put peace back in order as we talked about last week on earth could he get goodwill between him and man again heaven's star was seen by astronomers heaven's star was seen by a handful of shepherds everyone could have seen it everyone possibly did see it but not everyone took the time and the effort to yield to it your life and mine daily we have to allow God's star to shine on us if we ever expect God's star to shine through us just like today ladies and gentlemen I want you to understand, back, in, back when the Magi were traveling, they didn't have internet. They couldn't just Google it. They, they couldn't just go out and do a, a search. They watched and traveled and searched by the stars. They knew the stars well. And they knew when something was happening in the heavens, something must be happening in heaven. In Matthew chapter 1 and 2, they, look what it says. They saw the star in the east. The star did not lead them there. It set them up to begin to think of Messiah. Why? They knew the scriptures. They got into God's word. You've heard me talk about this until I'm blue in the face. Folks, if all the church, the Bible that you get is Sunday morning in church, we got problems. Because you spend a fraction of your time in church. A few weeks ago, I, I met with our worship director. And I told him, we need to shorten the length of service. Does that mean we shorten the worship? No, we just moved it up. It starts earlier. Do you know why we decided to do that? I cannot tell you how many phone calls I get. The first thing they ask, how long is your service? That really stinks, but it's a reality. If we're going to get them into God's Word to hopefully get God's Word into them, we try to make adjustments. It's amazing. We can spend hours at a ball game, but can't spend 90 minutes at a church service. Did I just say that? Did I? How many saw the Facebook post? People are sitting out there buried in snow in the bleachers of the ball game, and the churches is empty. I wonder if they, like Herod, saw the star but didn't respond to it. History tells us that the wise men knew of the expectancy of the time. They responded, and they reasoned that God was sending the king. And they were drawn towards Jerusalem. They knew the 700-year-old prophecy, and they knew in their heart of hearts something was about to happen. So they began to search the Scriptures, looking, where is this star taking us? It did not just leave a line on the ground, folks. They knew, okay, God something's happening i need to go find out ladies and gentlemen if you're looking for jesus you better go find out what is happening and you're going to start by his word and then you're going to find it in church 
I can't tell you how many people, I've been pastoring a long time. I have a lot of people tell me, well, almost, I'm not going to have a church. I'm just going to start a home group. And the difference is what? It's still a church. It's still a gathering of people. Well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian. Yep, you're right. You won't go to church, you probably won't stay a Christian, but that's another story. Today, the expectancy is why you're here. God's drawing you. Maybe you've seen God's Christmas star shining in the darkness. It's amazing my eyes immediately went back to that clock. Went back to that star drawing you. Can I tell you something? Follow it. Where is it at? Right here. Genesis to Revelation. Follow it. You can have a lot of preachers that aren't going to preach everything out of here. By God's grace, this church will preach nothing but what's out of here. I've been doing this for, for three and a half decades, basically, and I haven't veered from this book. You know why? One day I'm going to give account for this book, everything that I preach. Let me take you back into this book, Second Peter chapter 1. Look what the Word of God says. The Word and the prophets are made more certain. You'll do well to pay attention to it as what? as a light shining in the darkness. Revelation chapter 22, Jesus said, I have sent my angel to give you this testimony. Jesus speaking of himself, I am the bright and morning star. God who loves us wants a relationship with us. He sent a star to direct us. He sent a star in the eastern sky to direct us. They had to take the initial effort and start following that star and when they found the baby they realized all the star did was direct us to the star can somebody say amen Isaiah chapter 30 says whether you turn to the right or to the left your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this is the way walk in it Isaiah 42 16 I'll lead the blind by ways they've not known the unfamiliar paths I will guide them look what it says I will turn the darkness into light before them and I will never leave them nor forsake them can somebody get excited this morning as that young child, my mama said, man, you love Christmas more than anything. And I found that when I grew older, that I loved the star of Christmas. My wife tells the story when she was about 13, 12, 13 years old. She and I was raised, we were raised Catholics, okay, and and maybe you were raised Catholic, and you're here today, and you're wondering, well, what's the difference? If you got time, we'll talk about it. I have introduced more Catholics to Christ. I had a man, and just a very brief story, hardcore Roman Catholic. His wife got saved in our church in California, and she, they were very well off. She was given tens of thousands of dollars to the church. I told the bookkeeper, I said, put it all away. Ray might call us. Ray was her Roman Catholic husband that wasn't too happy she was in this church. 
Well, finally, one day, a few months later, Ray called. I want to talk to that preacher. So I told my, my assistant, I said, schedule the time, bring him in, and then block out, you know, two or three hours. We sat down, and I took him from Genesis to Revelation. Ray and Laura, my wife knows him personally, he walked into my office that day, and he walked out that day. And as he was walking out, after I prayed with him to accept Jesus as his Lord and Savior, he said these words, Pastor Tim, I came here today believing in the church. I'm leaving today believing in Christ. Amen. And that's the bottom line reality. The star pointed us to the star that would save us. And today he's no, not doing anything difference. Matthew chapter 11, Jesus said, learn of me and in me you will find rest for your souls. My burden is easy. My yoke is light in Matthew 11. Sadly, too many today are ignoring the star. Sadly, too many today are ignoring the star. Let me talk to somebody who might be sitting in your chair. Sadly, too many today are ignoring the star. And just like in Messiah, not all follow his star or his message. And people make every excuse in the world. You got a few days, I can tell you them all. Because I've heard them. Herod was troubled. You know why Herod was troubled? He knew the light. He knew of the light. He was not an ignorant person. Though he chose to ignore, he was not unlearned, but he chose to not pay attention. Can somebody say amen? He would not respond. And the result, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear nothing else today, hear these next three minutes. He chose to ignore, therefore his heart became hardened. In church, many people come. Hebrews chapter 3, look what it says here. The Holy Spirit is speaking. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as they did in the day of the rebellion. And they all died in the desert. Millions came out of Egypt. Two went into the promised land. Why? Two chose to listen. Millions left to, re to ignore. Am I making any sense today? You see, the star is still shining. Some of you are sitting back. Do I say amen or oh me? Say, Pastor, how can you preach so, so adamantly, matter-of-factly? Because I was one. Man, I went to church, and I tell you what, I, I, I was looking good. But then I left church, and I wasn't looking good. It's easy to go with the flow when you're in church with everybody else. But it's tough to stand against the tide when you're out in the whirlwind of deception. Hebrews chapter 4, look what it says here. Since the promise of entering his rest. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 11? He said, learn of me and you will find rest. 
He says, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you fall short of it. And he said, well, well, how do you fall short of it? I'm glad you asked. It's in your notes. See, the gospel was preached to us just as the message was preached to them. But to them, it was of no value. Why? They did not combine it with faith. And then there's that mysterious verse in the seventh verse of Hebrews 4. Today, if you hear his voice, if you see his star, if you feel his tugging, do not harden your hearts. Herod hardened his heart. And we find that in, 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 in uh, Matthew 2, 8 through 16. His religious piety, or rather hypocrisy. He said, when you find him, let me know so I can come worship him. No, he wanted to stop other people from worshiping. You know how many people come to church and it's almost like a gathering of friendship and holiday and this and that and buddy, buddy, buddy. And the preacher brings a message of challenge or conviction and, and, and helping people to grow in the things of God. But the buddy says, ah, don't worry about it. That's just Pastor Tim. He, he's always like that. He'll be like that next Sunday. You can pick it up then. Let's go do something. And you go do something. See, there's a star that shone 2,000 years ago. There's a star, a star that's still flickers in the darkness today. See, the epitome of religion was the picture of Herod and the, the picture of the hypocrisy that many people yield to when they see the star, but they won't listen to the light. Light is coming to the world. If you want to know how it ended for Herod, not well. Verse 19 says, Herod died. What happened to his kingdom then? John chapter 1, verse 1, look what it says here. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And what's it say in verse 4? And in Him was the life, and that life was what? Life. Pastor, I just, I just can't see sometimes. Maybe you're in the darkness. That life was the light of men, and that light will always pierce the darkness except the darkness will not pay attention. The darkness does not understand it. Men love darkness rather than light. Jesus is the light. Look at the screen. Jesus is the light that shows the way to the Father. So what I ask each one of you this morning, search your hearts and don't harden your heart. Let us reason together as Isaiah 1, 18 through 20 says, though your skins be red as scarlet, Red like crimson, I'll make them white as snow. Let us reason together. God doesn't tell you to just pick up blind faith. Well, you know, I'm just doing it because the preacher tells me to do it. No, look for yourself. Jesus said, learn of me if you want rest for your souls. Let me wrap this up this morning. As Christians, or actually, I've got another note for you. The bottom line, folks, is this right here. The world is ignoring the light. Let me take that word world, scratch it off, please, and put church. The church is ignoring the light. God is drawing people. This is why the world is so full of questions. 
but the church thinks they're awful spiritual. The world's wanting to know what's going on. See, the world knows there's something going on. But what happens is we get in this place and we kind of like same old, same old, status quo. As Christians, we have to follow the star because it's only in that we can guide others. As the worship team comes, John chapter 1, look what it says here. Picture of those that just truly don't know and those that are legally blind are sometimes those that just don't want to know. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 says the God of this age has blinded the eyes and the minds of the believers, unbelievers, so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. They can't see the star of Christmas. The enemy, the darkness tries to keep the unbeliever blind. And then he talks about the believer in 2 Corinthians 6. Just two chapters later. Put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that the ministry might be discredited. See, the Bible told us there that John came into the world. I want to give it to you specifically, John 1. He said, I, I'm not the light but I'm here to bear witness of the light. Say, Pastor, can you make it a little more simple? Yes. The moon is not the light, but the moon bears witness of the light. Mm -hmm. Amen. It always illuminates the light's glory unless there's an eclipse. And that's what happens in your life and mine when the devil tries to get in. He tries to eclipse the star of Christmas. He tries to blind or deceive. Charlie Brown cried out, does anybody really know what Christmas is all about? Linus stands up and says, yes, Charlie, I do. And here's the whole thing. And then he said, you know what? When I'm talking about the star of Christmas, I don't need the security blanket anymore. And he throws it down. And he said, don't fear. I have come to bring you good news and then at the end we see that poor little tree wrapped in God's love once again Linus let go of the blanket he says I know where my security's at and you know what happened to that tree it just stood right back up can somebody get excited you see when you're standing in God's presence the devil can try to beat you down and knock you down, distract you and detour you. But when you have the attraction, it always outshines every distraction. Can somebody say amen this morning? Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. 
Join us at 2615 East 7th Avenue across from Cal Ranch. I'm Joe Harding. From Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Center, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.